Hey everyone, welcome to The Start. I'm Patrick Johnson. And I'm Nick Ravisa. This episode of The Start, we're with Johnny Hallman, also known as Destroy Today on Twitter. Johnny is an incredible designer and developer and has worked on projects with 53, Oak Studios, Swiss Miss, and her to-do app application, among other things um, that he's working on all the time. Johnny, how you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, we're glad to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I think it's snowing currently in New York. I'm in my room. I don't have a window, so I'm not sure. But Some when flurries. I came home, yeah, I hope you all are staying warm. <laughs> um, so I guess we can get right into it. Give us a little synopsis on yourself, Johnny. Um, what are you doing now? What were you doing last week? Mm-hmm. So uh, right now I'm just... Uh, a freelancer living in Brooklyn. Uh, I work out of a studio space called Studio Mates. Mm-hmm. It's in Dumbo. Um, and yeah, day to day, it's just working on different projects, um, both design and development, um, just building out apps or building a website. Nice. Uh, but yeah. So I'm curious, and this it. is um, a little bit off the beaten path, but since you both do, since you do design and development, what's the split between the two, if there is one? Um, so I guess. I've been programming since I was 10, so that's like my main focus. Uh, but then I went to design school um, and sort of realized the importance of design as well. Oh, wow. Um, so I wanted to bring that balance into my work because I realized that each one um, fed off each other. Sure. Um, so you could have, you know, be developing an application or, or a website and then um, just having a slight sense of design goes a long way oh yeah i mean to to design out interactions that kind of stuff um so i guess i like doing design projects but i also like doing dev prop uh, projects at the same time and you're actually you know you're in the you're in the minority there you're actually a bit ahead of the game because right now isn't it's very elusive now to find that uh that designer developer type you know the one who really honed both skills so uh, it's very impressive Mm -hmm. foresight uh on your end um, yeah, I, I just feel like uh, there's no reason not to go about that direction because uh, I, I feel really paralyzed when I'm developing and don't have a say in design. Mm-hmm. Um, like previous places I've worked, there was a design team and then there was a dev team. And they sat separately and you would wait until the design team was done and then they hand it off to you. So if there's anything you need to go back and forth about, you have to wait for an email back from them. Oh, that's tough. Uh, and that was really frustrating. So I can imagine. So I want to I think that's actually a perfect way to to bring it in. You mentioned that you've been programming since you were 10. Mm-hmm. So it sounds mm-hmm. like you got your start, you know, uh no pun intended since that's the show's title, uh, back when you were 10. What what brought you to that point when you were 10? You're like, "Hey, I want to I want to program things on a computer because that's what every 10 year old yeah. does. I can tell you I was not <laughs> thinking uh, like that. No. Pen. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, we got our first computer. It was a Mac Performa 476. 
uh, I think it had like 32 megabytes of storage <laughs> on it, so it was, it was a pretty fast one. Yeah. Um, but I guess I was checking out websites and being introduced to the internet for the first time, uh, and I liked the ability to put something out there and just have it broadcasted to anybody. Uh, so I'd build a website for my favorite video game, and then I would go to school and share the link with somebody. So it'd be like this long GeoCities link with all these, you know, directories that you have to append to it. It's not just a basic domain name. Sure. Uh, and I would just hand out slips and say, like, check out this website if you've been playing Mega Man 2. Uh, because here's where all the cheat codes are. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the way to get them. Guerrilla marketing already at such a young age. Yeah, so that was really fun. That's cool. Um, and uh, what was um, what was the progress like? So at 10, you're making GeoCities site. What were you doing at 12 and 14? 12 is when I got into Flash gotcha. for the first time. Um, and I was making... Um, an intro animation for the school morning announcements. So it's like shows everybody's name, come yep. in, do credits, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I just remember showing it to them for the first time, and ev- everyone like went crazy because they didn't know that you could have an animation like that. Um, and it was just Flash. It was just in the Flash player. Um, so I started digging around with that, and it led into building Flash websites, making more interactive kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, learning PHP and doing more dynamic code and uh yeah so, so i don't know each one led to its next sort of path sure yes. that makes total sense i think um, we, we kind of skipped over this quickly but so you were self-taught then obviously um you were mm-hmm. just tinkering yeah, yeah. And, and messing with it cool. mm-hmm. that's so awesome yeah i feel like programming is one of those things where it's really tough to learn um quickly in a classroom environment it's one of the, you really need to sit down and spend, I don't know, six, eight, ten hours just researching on your own, looking into each thing and going at your own pace. Um, because sitting in a classroom for ten hours might be really tough, especially for coding. <laughs> yeah. But that was the kind of thing that I wanted to do and just lock myself in my room and um, dig through. I guess at the time there we used books, uh, you know, paper books. But now uh, we just have Google and Stack Overflow, so it's easy just to look up a term that you don't recognize or a specific pattern. Yeah, that's um, it's interesting because you know, in in my personal experience, I didn't start when I was ten. I probably started tinkering when I was in college. I was a junior in college, um, and I took my first class at NYU, and it was HTML and CSS. And then I went a little bit farther on my own from that, and it's. You know, people think it's fast. The internet's fast, so they assume you build fast, and that's not the case. It takes you mm-hmm. weeks, months, years to to really learn and understand and, and master it. So, dude, I much respect to you for sitting in your room at ten, twelve. You know, at a, basically when some people might say you should have been outside playing basketball or whatever sport, but to really, really yeah. practice a craft you love. Well, at the same time, I did have that balance of like social life and that kind of stuff. I played three sports through middle school and high school. So it was nice to have the balance of being at school and doing sports and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but then coming home and uh, working on the computer until, I don't know, one or two o'clock, and then waking up at five or six for school. Wow. What, uh, what sports did you play? Played soccer, baseball, and basketball. Night. Do you still play basketball? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a local court in Carroll Gardens where I live. 
uh, we played during the summer. Right now, it's kind of tough. But what? Uh, uh, so this is not relevant to anything for the nope. rest of this podcast. My girlfriend lives in Cobble Hill. So what courts are over there? I love playing basketball. Yep, same. Yeah, so there's the um, Carroll Park is the one that I go to. It's got a few nice courts, but also it's. I live in a very Italian neighborhood. Nice. Like there's these very old Italian guys walking all over the place and uh, pastry uh, stores that are just amazing. Um, but because of that, they have a bocce court <laughs> next to the basketball nice. court. Uh, so I, I like that feel to it. And there's a, I don't know, it's just a nice neighborhood. Nice. I'll um, have to check that out this summer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. Um, all right, so you're learning at the tender age of 10, you're building stuff. Um, our next question usually is how'd that first job go? But I sort of want to s- still hear more about this story of like your younger years. Uh, when you mm-hmm. were learning the stuff and like, you know, you, you built flash stuff for, you know, your school. I'm sure that you were student of the month after that and the principal loved you, but was, were you building things, I guess, technically as a freelancer while you were a teenager as well? I had the occasional freelance project. Um, just, I guess anything uh, that maybe it was just like a family friend who mm-hmm. needed a website or something like that. I do remember doing my first freelance project, which was a T-shirt design for my dad's boss's daughter's <laughs> bat mitzvah, <laughs> or is it it's bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah? I'm not even uh, sure. I think it's bat. Mitzvah. I just rem- Yeah, I remember it was. <laughs> It was before I went to design school. Let's just put it that sure. way. Um, the I, I can't believe the fonts and colors that I used. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty ridiculous. But you know, it was a paying job, and I got a T-shirt. So I have a T-shirt that says like Claudia's bat mitzvah. <laughs> so I can wear that on. Do you, you know. do you still have that shirt? Yeah. yeah we're no, I, uh, I was I was hope yeah I was yeah. hoping. That's pretty cool. No, that's like that's like a laundry day shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. That's dude. That's really awesome. What uh, what college did you go to? You said you went for design. Yeah, I went to RISD for pre college, uh, which was like a six week um, boot camp where they take a semester and you, they squeeze it into six weeks over the summer. Sure, I, I did. And then I like went that. to yeah, yeah. It was really great. Um, but then I ended up going to Micah. Uh, Maryland Institute College of Art okay. for design in Baltimore. Nice. How do you like Baltimore? It's one of those cities where at first I was ready to leave within a few months. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it too much, but then it, it's called the Charm City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes a long way because after a year I started to love it because I found the things that I, yeah. you know, you find the little communities yep. that really make the city matter. And uh, that's what I loved about it. Um, it was it was kind of bittersweet leaving, um, but I couldn't be happier now in New York. Sure. It's always nice to go back to Baltimore. The, the proximity to the water in Baltimore is uh, pretty cool. I found that when I visited, being able to get to the water um, quickly from wherever we were. I forgot where uh, Canton or something, maybe, but I forgot mm-hmm. what city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, that was pretty that was pretty charming, if you will, piece of Baltimore. Uh, a, a yeah. Qu- the one quick question on the on the RISD uh, program you did for people listening um, is that something you'd recommend? I mean, do you find did you find a lot of value out of uh, doing something like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it actually made my college portfolio. Um, so I probably wouldn't have gotten into Micah if I didn't go to that uh, pre college program. Oh. Yeah, um, everything that I did uh, that went into my portfolio 
consequence from that. Um, and I, I think having that um, experience to be on your own for a few weeks uh, without being just like let go after high school, it was nice to like do it between junior and senior year of high school and come back and know what it's like to be living at your parents' place after having a, a taste of what it's like to be independent. Yeah. So by the time, you know, senior year, I was just scratching to, to leave. I, I couldn't wait knowing what real college was like. It's like, um, you know, I, I did not, I, so the program I did was after high school. Um, and it was basically you do six weeks and it gives you extra credits before the school year starts. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I got the same feeling that, you, you know, you had when I was like, what am I going to eat for dinner? And then I realized, like, it's totally up to me. Like, mm-hmm. I get to make right. these choices. I was so happy. I was also broke, so I wasn't happy. But, you know, everything worked out. That's how life is, I guess. But it, I, I know exactly how that goes, man. Yeah, for sure. I think from RISD especially, I learned um, what it's really like to have to work night and day. Um, because I, I don't think I slept more than two or three hours each Holy night. Um, and... I remember seeing a photo of myself recently, like at the end of this six weeks. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time because I was just on this trail of working so much every single day. But this photo, like my, the bags under my <laughs> eyes and just, I look a mess. Um, and then I got to go back to school, which was just like 45 minute long classes instead of six hour classes. Um, so it was pretty easy getting back yeah, into the school. That's really, really cool, man. Uh, it makes me actually wish I did a program like that yep. uh, before I went to college. Mm-hmm. So so then what was your uh, first big, uh, or I guess not big, but just first uh, industry role, you know, first job out of college uh, in the industry? Yeah, so I guess it would be sophomore year of college. I got an internship at a local design studio. Um, I remember leaving my graphic design class and there was a flyer on the door and for some reason, I just happened to look over and, and catch it. Um, but it said, looking for a web designer. Uh, call this number, you know, <laughs> nice. interview here. Um, and that's, it was a Shaw Jelva design in Baltimore. And I remember going there, um, meeting with them. And, God, it was so bad. I, I wore, like, a super tight black polo shirt with, like, huge baggy cargo pants. And I was so... Like looking back, I, I'm just so embarrassed by it. But we've ha- we've all had yeah. those those moments, right? Yeah, I know. Right? Um, but yeah, I got the internship, and I was able to do so much work for them that I ended up getting offered a job there two months later. Holy cow! Um, and I was working more hours there than I was going to school, and because of that, I would try to shape my classes, <laughs> my schedule into a very workable schedule. Sure. So I would. I would have two days a week where I only had classes. And then the, the other three days of the work week were open to go to work at the Shaw Jelba Design. Um, and I had clients, you know, I had, uh, you know, just meeting with people and building things on my own. Um, so going back to college or going back to class felt, I don't know, it was, it was tough to already be in the field mm-hmm. and then go back into class to be taught like what it's like in the field (laughs) you're like uh yes to this yes to this no to that that's not true yeah so i I think because of that it's why i 
made a change around junior year and I started doing independent studies mm. um, instead of going to most of the classes. So I would uh, pair up with a teacher and create my own curriculum. Uh, and it's, I didn't like how the design major was just print. It was like, we're making a poster. This is 16 by 20. It's like, okay, what's the next project? Oh, it's a poster. You're making it 16 by 20 again. It's like, ah, God, like anything else. Um, so I met with some teachers and um, got to turn it into involving code mm-hmm. because that's what I was really in, into at the time. Um, so Destroy Flickr, which was my first app that I ever built, um, that was actually a school project. Wow. And I just got to build it for... 16 weeks um, and it ended up winning an award which led to meeting uh, Swiss Miss and getting a desk here at Studio Mate so it's like I'm hopping ahead of time here but, yeah 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 um, well one small uh, essentially uh, independent study turned into tons and tons of opportunities I mean correct me if I'm wrong but Swiss Miss runs Studio Mates and you never would have met her if you didn't do that independent study so it's really really connected Right, right, yeah, for sure. So, and it all started from that little like seeing that flyer on the desk or on the on the door of my graphic design room. You know, getting the job and getting back into programming that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. Because before then, when I joined, uh, when I went to Micah, I gave up programming. I felt like I was going to just um, call it quits and just focus on design. Well, that's sort of uh, because I sorry to interrupt, but that's sort of unfortunately the 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 nature of education, at least at the higher level, it's not, hey, you can do two or three things. It's you need to pick and you pick one thing. Mm-hmm. Whether you are a uh, you know, a multimedia journalist, you are a print journalist, you know, and it, I'll be damned if there's, uh, you know, I'll be surprised rather if there is a any curriculum out there that offers someone to be a designer and a developer that is actually uh, instituted by you know, that college or university versus someone like you who is a design student but then integrates code in your independent studies. Yeah. I think design is easier to teach in college and that kind of thing, in that kind of setting, because you can teach the foundations where it's like you can teach type, color, uh, layout, all that kind of stuff. And then people can take those and build from it. But code, like... You can't just teach the syntax and design patterns and that kind of stuff and hope that people understand and know that kind of stuff and, and learn on their own. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I didn't go to computer science school or anything like that, so I, I'm sure there's plenty of, of, of good classes out there. Um, but I, I still think it would be kind of tricky to fit that into just everybody sit in a class and learn at the same pace. Yeah, well, I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, design, like you said, well, this is my own take on it, but design is subjective just by nature, right? Because we all have eyes and we mm-hmm. all have our own opinions as to what is good looking or not. There is a, a rough basis, but for the most part, we all have access to those same tools. Like you said, type, uh, color, shapes, sizes, whatever. Programming, on the other hand, though, you can teach syntax so someone can know, you know, they might understand what two string does, but understanding how to implement it to achieve what you need is a lot different uh, between the two mediums. Mm-hmm. And that's when stuff, in my opinion, gets really, really difficult. Or rather, it can get difficult, especially if you are l- trying to learn it in a classroom, which I've tried to do. And it's, I mean, it might work for some people. For me, it didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, all right, so sorry, we went off track a little bit there, which is okay, because um, you know it all started somewhere, and that mm-hmm. somewhere sounds like it was um, at college when you saw that flyer. So, so you so, had that. So yeah, I was you, gonna say let's go back to quickly the um, destroy flicker app. I want to learn a little more about that. Uh-huh. Where how what spawned that idea? Uh, I guess I was in a photo imaging class in college, um, and we were using Flickr as a way to post our work and comment on each other's photos uh, and critique them and that kind of thing. But it it really bothered me using Flickr Um, at the time. It has a different design now. But at the time, it was white background, blue and pink links, um, very small images, everything. Like whenever you clicked a photo, it had to reload the entire page. So it's almost the worst possible environment for photography. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, you know, design my own experience. So I built an app that would have a dark background. It would allow you to uh, view photos in a contact sheet kind of form and flip through pages. You can click on a photo and refresh it so it's high res without reloading anything else. Um, You can zoom in. You can, I don't know, just... it felt more organic, more organic way of navigating through photos. Um, so I wanted to just build that for the class to say like, hey, use this instead, please. Like, we'll have a much better course. Uh, but I guess that's the first time that I realized that building an app doesn't happen overnight. So then it ended up taking me several months to build it out. And by that time, the class was over. Um, and I didn't use Flickr too much after that. Mm-hmm. But... I had this app now, um, and I guess a lot of other people started using it. Um, I gave it out to like 30 of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, inter- internet got wind of it, and all of a sudden it jumped to like 30,000 users. Holy cow. It was, it was, I don't know, kind of strange to see that for the first time. How did time it feel, though? Where it felt great, uh, of course. You know, people seeing my work, um, actually responding, getting emails from people that I've I have no idea who they are, but they're just like, hey, I use this, and it's really useful for me. Um, hearing that was really nice. That's so awesome. So I just, I guess that started my path of building apps just for free and giving them away. Yeah, how did that, that one, uh, you said you won an award um, from Adobe, I believe. Who submitted it? What was that like? Well, that was another scenario where I just saw a flyer at <laughs> college, like in my, in my school. Um, it was the only one there. It was just like Adobe Design Achievement Awards. Uh, fill out your entry here. So I immediately took the poster down so nobody else could see it. <laughs> and I, just, <laughs> I ran home and, you know, entered the competition, um, made it to the semifinals and then to the finals. Um, and the whole thing is that they, they fly you to wherever the finals were, um, but the, fl- the finals were in New York. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just had to take the train up. It wasn't a big deal for me. But there, there was a lot of people that like flew from Korea Holy or cow. from Hawaii, uh, like all over the place, just for this competition. Uh, so it was nice to have this mix of people. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Tina uh, Roth-Eisenberg, uh, Swiss Miss, she was my judge. Um, and yeah, I ended up winning for developer-designer collaboration, which was more of a group project. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked them ahead of time. I was like, hey, this was just me. Is there any yeah. way I can still have You collaborated with yourself. 
Right. Left brain, right brain kind of thing. Um, and so you won for that. And so when you say Tina was your judge, when you, you mean she was the judge for that category? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she and Joshua Davis were the judges for the designer and developer collaboration. Nice. What year was this in? That was, I think it was 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is still really, really early on before Twitter and all that kind of stuff really caught on. I could only imagine if Twitter's, you know, basically a micro social network was around how much faster that might have yeah. spread online. Right. Well, I remember like trying to check out, I, I checked out like Google Analytics mm-hmm. to see where people were hearing about it or where they're like talking about it and a lot of it came from twitter oh really well that's good um but this was before any of the apps were around so it's just like a really gnarly web interface gotcha and i didn't have a twitter account at the time and i I thought it was a pointless service Mm. Uh, so i would just go on ah, i forget what the name of it was but there's a startup that just did search for twitter they were acquired by twitter later on but you can still search through twitter so i just search for destroy Flickr and see what people are saying um, but I was really reluctant to get an account because I didn't think I wanted to tell people what I had for breakfast or do any of those. Yeah, but it didn't, it didn't occur to you that, that in a similar manner that you were promoting your GeoCities sites with your little like pieces of paper that it could be the same sort of deal with these short messages? Yeah, I don't think I made that connection <laughs> yet. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I, was, I don't know. I would have been much smarter to take advantage of that, but it took me another year before I got into Twitter. That's fair. Where did um, where did the destroy moniker come from? Because I know you're destroyed mm-hmm. today on Twitter. That's destroy Flickr. Mm-hmm. I think you did destroy Twitter. So wh- where mm-hmm. did destroy come from? So as a kid, I really liked a number of different artists out there, um, digital artists like Joshua Davis of. Uh, and he went by PlayStation, and then there was um, Robert Hodgen. He goes by Flight 404. So it seemed like all these people that I looked up to all had their own name gotcha. that wasn't their full name. Yeah. So I actually went out of my way to just be like, okay, what can I name myself? Like, it's got to be something other than Johnny Hallman. Like, there's got to be something better. And the first name was actually first in line. I have mm. no idea where I got that from, but... I don't know. I needed a domain name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked for first in line. And of course, firstinline.com was taken by probably some ro- rollerblading company. Yeah. <laughs> but then the best domain name I could get was first-in-line.net. Oh, wow. And I got that. Okay. <laughs> I was you know, t- telling anybody to go to that website. Yeah. Uh, impossible. Um, but at the time, I was really proud of it. Um, and then I realized how awful a name that was. So I tried to come up with something better. Um, I remember watching uh, Donnie Darko, and in one of the, one of the scenes, um, they're talking about a book, and he says, uh, this guy burns down a house, um, but he wants to just see what happens when um, like this world will end, uh, how, how he's uh, doing creation destruction as a form of creation okay Mm. so that like that's sort of where it started like the whole destroy thing where it's it's not really like tearing apart things it's rebuilding them um and i saw that with my own apps like destroy Flickr and destroy twitter it made sense because i wasn't just destroying these services i was rebuilding them in what i thought was a better form um 
And there was like a design news site called News Today, uh, and I really liked that. Um, and I, guess, I think there was one other thing. Um, this artist, his, his, he went by Destroy Rock City. Hmm. Uh, so I really liked that Destroy in the front. So I guess it all came together and just yeah. become destroyed today. That's a really yeah. insightful way, though, to come about a name. Although I'm sure at the time you were just like, I need a name. I like these things. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but that's no. It, I, it's pretty beautiful, if you ask me. Mm. Yeah, I think it was actually first, you will destroy today. Mm. And then at some point, it just shortened it down. Yeah, you're like, that's too much stuff but, to type every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so just backtracking a little bit, making sure we covered everything. Flyers apparently created your entire life. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the moral of um of this episode is actually, yeah, to stop, instead of stopping and smelling the flowers, I think it'd be, you know, stop and look at the flyers. Right? That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah for um, sure. So all that happens, that led you to make, uh, destroy Flickr, destroy Twitter, somewhere along those, uh, within there, you got your first internship, which turns into your first job. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a relevant, could be a relevant question to your first job, it could be a relevant question to any job, but do you have any moments in working in your professional life that you would consider a horror story and if not any horror stories success stories and um just to give some context horror story doesn't mean that like um you got fired necessarily just where something went wrong and you had to fix it it was you know something you didn't see in the future or some random edge case it could be anything Hmm. well the one thing that comes to mind is just being faced with certain challenges that um, almost seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Like when I was at that first job, um, it was a design studio that was five people, but we were doing the work of 50. So we didn't have enough money to like hire a specific person for each different type of medium. So uh, the one day my boss was like, hey, do you know how to do motion graphics? And I just said, yes, <laughs> I do. Um, but I had no idea how to do any of that. Um, and she said, oh, great. So we have this um, video, this animation that we need to build um, for this conference. And we need it in two weeks. Uh, can you do this? And, you know, I was scared shitless. I said, sure, of course I can do it. No problem. And I was going to college at the same time. So I had to fit this into the two weeks. Um, and then I, I did it. I learned After Effects. had to go through all that stuff and finally completed it. But I remember uh, after they showed it at the conference, she said it went really well, um, but it had an audience of 10,000 people at this conference. Holy cow. (laughs) It was like an animation I was playing for all these people, and I had no idea, and it was just me, some, what, I was like 18-year-old kid who was messing around with After Effects. Yeah, but that's like, that's that's what happens when you say yes, and you're like, you have the determination to do it. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's not really a horror story, just a really no. challenging moment that if I didn't complete it, sure. it would have been a real mess. I think that, I, I, in my opinion, that fits the criteria, though. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a moment where you're faced with adversity, challenge, whatever. That's nuts. Well, and, and I think, uh, you know, for some aspiring creatives, too, uh, listening, that it's a lesson in fake until you make it sort of deal, where... If you're presented with something that you are confident that you can figure out and do, uh, you know, take it on. Take it on and do it. And uh, what's the worst that can happen? You know, the worst that can happen is those 10,000 people see something that is subpar. But the best that can happen is something, you know, you, something really awesome comes out of it. So 
Very cool. That's not Very good yeah. job. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was nice, but I, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, just doing that kind of fast-paced stuff. Um, yeah. I think confidence has a limit, so just try to keep it in check. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's yeah. a mixture of knowing your limitations, right? Like, uh, and I'm being facetious here, but if you were – you know, let's let's pretend that you were in that situation where you were yourself at 18, but today, and someone was like, "We need an iOS app in two weeks." You, I mean, you know, knowing what you knew back then, you might be you might sit there and say, oh, "I might be able to do it," but the reality is, is that that is probably a little bit more difficult than maybe doing some stuff in motion graphics. Um, so yeah. just understanding well, like what your gauge is and what realm you can really operate within a limited time frame. Yeah, I think what's interesting there is that. I, I definitely wouldn't take it on now. Um, back then, I was naive enough to like think, oh, yeah, I can totally do this, no problem. Yeah. Um, but now I, I see myself limiting my you know, those kind of challenges. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have enough under my belt where I'm like, I don't need to prove anything anymore yeah. um, to that extent. But at the same time, I like to. Um, you know, yeah, like I had this one project that just stands out recently, which was the... 53 pencil page i saw that that's beautiful um, man the product's beautiful thanks. the page is great yeah so i just they they approached me just to build it um they had a design ready and everything like that um but yeah that ended up, ended up being um seven days oh wow so that yeah that was a nice like getting a taste of doing one of those challenges yeah. again and that's seven um, days without, from yeah. build to production yeah, well, it's seven days of building, me building it out and then handing it off to them, um, and then they integrated into sure. a website. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was seven days working nights because I was still full-time at Oak at the time. Uh-huh. So come six o'clock, I would switch gears. Eat dinner um, and stay then at the code for another six hours. Yeah, eat dinner while coding. <laughs> so two, two hands going on. <laughs> I know that world a lot. Um, so here's a question might be relevant to a project you worked on recently, maybe one when you were working at that first design studio, um, in those moments, like when you're, for instance, uh, when you were, when you took on that motion graphics project, was there any moment where you were like, shit, like I may have gotten myself into deep. I don't know if I can do this. Obviously you, you prevailed. Um, but I'm curious what was like that driving force. I think I got lucky with that one. There weren't too many roadblocks um, or hurdles. It was just learning as I went along. Um, I There were just a few things that I had to learn with After Effects. It was completely new to me. Uh, and I've been using Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign for a very long time. But After Effects has its own weird tendencies. So, yeah, it was, um, it was kind of... It was pretty smooth sailing, but... Uh, yeah, just tough to learn as I went. Yeah, that's fair. Go, going back to the driving force that you just mentioned, Patrick, um, what you took on a lot of work, right? You're a hustler, Johnny. I mean, you really are. You're, you're <laughs> in the definition of the word. I mean, you hustled, man. Um, why? What What was the driving force? You know, what What were you working toward? You said you were maybe trying to build a portfolio or put some work under your belt, but, but really deep down when you think about it, why, um, you know, what was driving you? to do all of this work and to just create so much? I think it's just something that I can't shake. I can't get rid of this feeling of um, wanting to build as much as I can. 
Um, I, I have this feeling again right now, um, like recently, where I'm taking on much more work than I should take on. Um, but then I think of it in terms of if I work really hard for a month, I could take two months off. That's true. And really focus on like the more experimental stuff, uh, like my own apps or my own projects. Mm -hmm. But I realize if I'm just taking it easy and trying to find time in between to work on my own stuff, it doesn't really happen as much. Mm. Um, so it's nice to take like a week or two off and just, you know, grind on a website that I want for myself. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just a feeling that I have that I can't really get rid of. Uh, I can't. It's tough for me to sit still uh, and not think about work, at least. Um, I'm always thinking about ideas and the next thing to do. Uh, I, I feel like retirement's never going to happen, and if it does, I'm just going to be the guy that just keeps on wanting to go back yep. into the field. Yeah, pretty bored. Um, I think in the creative industry, though, in general, work isn't work. Well, at least not the definition that we grew up to know, right? right. Like, if you think about it, um, when we watched movies that referenced the 50s or even before that, it was like dad got up and he, like, grumbled on his way to work. He got home, took his shoes off, sat down, and he was like, pleased and happy to finally be home and relax and we don't right. run into that problem so much because we like what we do and we're good at it and we know that the more we do we get better so we've i yeah. think that you know we're some of the lucky ones there's other people that aren't in the creative industry that have that same satisfaction yeah i feel like we're really fortunate um that this is actually a job yeah. um, this that people would actually pay others to do this kind of stuff um yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's still wild to me because it's it's fun. It's uh, you get to learn, you get to build anything. You can build anything. Like you can think of an idea and then just build it. Um, and there's not too many fields that allow you to do that and get paid at the same time. Um, yeah, works out really well. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so question for you. This is sort of a two-parter. Um, how old are you now, Johnny? 27. All right, so you're 27. If you could give your 18-year-old self when you were in college, sleeping two hours a night, or even that of just someone younger who, you know, was starting out in the industry, what uh, what piece of advice would you give them? Oh man, um, I guess don't waste time. Mm. I think time is one of the most valuable things for me right now. Like I. Some people might think that 27 is young, um, but I feel like I'm running out of time. Johnny, I feel and there. I don't have enough energy to build things as much as I did before. Like, if somebody said you're going to get two hours of sleep a night, um, I would be dead in a week. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't happen that way anymore. I get, you know, six, seven, eight hours of sleep every night, and if I don't, I'm a mess. Um, so I, I, I did a lot of work back then, um, but I feel like I could have done more. And because I had this different kind of energy uh, where as soon as the sun came up, I was ready to go, no problem. Um, but now it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of advice it would be. Just, you know, don't turn your back on time because it'll, I don't know, creeps up on you real fast. That's fair. I think, I mean, yeah, I think we can all relate to that. Johnny. Yeah, it's uh, we're invincible when we're young, right? Two hours of sleep yeah. doesn't hurt us, but when you get older and you sort of realize what effects have on it, oh, it you, hurts. Yeah, it doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> um, all right, 
So we have one more question, and it's question, and it's the secret fun time question. I'm gonna let Nick ask away. Um, Johnny, get prepared because it's it's wild. I'm kidding. It's not that wild. It's not that wild, okay. no. But it's uh, it's definitely one that I'm interested in hearing uh, you answer because of your just a uh, expansive background and a uh, uh, big, I guess, idea mentality. So recently, you know, think thinking recently, what's the one idea you've seen? that you wish was yours recently? You know, that you saw it and you just said, you know what, that is a great idea. That's one I wish was mine. Oh, man. And I'm going to throw you for a loop on this one. Uh, yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. There's there's so many things that I come across each day where it's super useful. Um, I guess there's none that I wish were mine. Um, there's just things that I really admire and I really appreciate that they exist and that somebody um, was passionate enough to, to follow through and make them. Mostly just these like small little tools that I use every day that I, um, I don't take for granted because I know how much they mean to my everyday workflow. Um, like for, exa- for example, um, Alfred, mm. the app mm-hmm. launcher, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's become something that's so integrated into my everyday workflow that if it went away and I had to click to my hard drive, to my applications folder, or click the dock or anything like that, um, it, I would go nuts. Like, But at the same time, I don't know, I, I feel like I use it so much that I don't wish it were mine, but I'm just so glad that it exists. I use it for de- defining words I don't know, for calculating things. Um, for finding the perfect GIF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use it for a lot of things. I think you're the first so person I, yeah. that said GIF correctly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get a lot of flack for that. No, I appreciate um, it. I feel, it's good, man. Um, yeah, I feel like... Yeah. So with Alfred, this is just a random question. I assume that you don't... Alfred is very similar to the to Spotlight on a Mac, but obviously it's a lot more robust in that you can, you can uh, have it run some custom stuff i'm assuming you take full control of of that availability then right yeah for sure um but i also like that it's a small team working on it gotcha um you you can tweet or write to the guy or the guys or whatever um that are responsible for it and they'll get back to you like an hour or two later oh, that's awesome um it's not like oh god spotlight who, who do i talk to <laughs> do i have any friends that work at apple that know the spotlight people that's a good um, point but yeah it's I really like small teams and the tools that they build because I feel like it's more, it's part of who they are that goes into the app mm-hmm. instead of just a milestone that somebody has to hit. Um, I guess knowing from my own apps that I built in the past, there's a lot of me that goes into these tools because it's something that I really wanted myself. Uh, so that's why I build it. And I feel like that's the same with these other small team tools like Alfred. That's awesome. It's I a, used to use Alfred. I think I'll use it again now. That I think you just swayed. That's a, and that's vote. a sound point you just made, uh, uh, Dan Denny, um, you know, who, who actually was the first episode of The Start, uh, mentioned uh, a very similar um, very similar line where he said it's just very, it's very personal experience, you know, designing and developing these products. You know, a lot of him goes into mm-hmm. these. So uh, it's just kind of it's cool to hear you say that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blood, sweat, and tears kind of thing without the Some actual yep. sweat. Yeah, yeah, it's the craftsmanship. It's um, it sounds really um, small and tedious, and you know, I, I am nowhere near as well versed in the web world as you, Johnny. You know, I'm just a, a front end developer, but 
I there's days where I sort of sit there and mull over is it a two three four five six pixel radius that needs to go on this you know user image like what looks best and and that's probably not necessarily the the realm in which you're speaking of like these personalities but there are things that are up and that go up in the air um nobody really has a, a direct answer for it and it's up to you and it's your job to make sure that that thing is one that it's correct and two it's the way you want it to be and i think that's where the the true craftsmanship comes in it's those small details that people might not notice they may but overall you just want to make sure that it's that it's right mm-hmm. yeah totally agree um all right i think so, so i think i think we can wrap with uh johnny yeah. any any i guess um speaking engagements anything new you're working on that you want to kind of this is, this is your plug moment for for a minute if you want oh yeah definitely. um so not not too many speaking things coming up uh i am teaching a workshop at uh at this college that i went to school so uh that's coming up next month but other than that, no, everything's pretty fine. I think Nick's dog uh, wants to uh, come join us on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. Um, all right, Johnny, uh, thanks for joining us today on The Start. Um, it was great having you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Johnny. Um, have a good one. I think Nick's feeding his dog or something. So Nick also says bye, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.